Hi, and welcome to another episode of Single Mother Talks. You'll have to pardon my voice. I lost it a couple days ago. I don't know why, (laughs) but it was completely gone and I was literally just squeaking for words. So I'm grateful to have it back. Um, But, you know, I really try to look at what's out there um, involving content surrounding single motherhood because it gives me stuff to think about so that I can address you know, things if I have thoughts and opinions on it or, or stories to share. Um, and I always get stuck with this same feeling where um, I do feel like I'm so much more different than a lot of these women who are out here talking. And I'd say the biggest difference is because a lot of the, the single mothers that, that I'm listening to, you know, they're in their like 40s or in their late 30s. Um, they're usually divorced, uh, you know, so I don't, I don't hear a lot of content from a single mom who was, who started as a teen mother, a teen mother, you know, uh, I was a teen mom at 17. I have never been married. Um, and I've raised my son entirely on my own since the beginning. He's been with me full time since the beginning. And I've been, um, away from my hometown and I've moved every couple of years, you know, purely out of exploration and, and just development of self, right? Um, there's something just in me calling me to do that. And, and uh, you know, I'm mentioning this because like a lot of single mothers have a community of people in place to help. And I think that that's a big difference as well. Right. So the big differences are like I have never shared the responsibility ever of raising my son with anyone ever. (laughs) You know, I don't have some ex to worry about or to worry about co-parenting. And if ever I was dating, it was it wasn't enough time to to me to be uh, me regarding them as a co-parent right? Like to me, that takes a lot of time, you know, for that person to like be ready and for me to be comfortable with it and like the kid and whatever, like just to give a bit of a time frame, like I would say like over three or four years, you know, if if I reach that amount of time with somebody, right, then it and then it's like, you know, we've got our our uh, our kind of life together figured out in the sense that we know that we get along and our values and paths are sort of aligning and and then that would fall into place. And so, you know, I've never felt like that um, with anyone. Um, uh, well, and never, never reaching that that time limit as well, right? I mean, I've I've, I've had feelings, very strong feelings, um, being in love with somebody, but you know, it was a very, uh, um, it wasn't a very long relationship. We were together for a year, and then tried to break up for a year, um, and it was hard. <laughs> But so my point is like, you know, I feel like I'm almost speaking for the minority in the single mother world where I was a teen mom. I didn't have any help. I was away from family. Um, I did it on my own most of my life. You know, I had breaks where, thank God, um, you know, my mom would take my son and she still does. Uh, Not every summer, but some summers. My my son will go and stay with her, right? And then he's got uh, access to spending time with his cousins and other family members, and and that's really important for him. 
And it does us both good to have a bit of time away from each other. It really does, you know. Um, and I find that I also have a lot of different opinions and feelings about the <laughs> about the the single mother process, you know, like um you know, when I, before before I had my son, I can't say that I particularly got on well with kids. You know, they're they're I didn't understand them, and their energy kind of weirded me out. And I was always very um, kind of like an old soul. I certainly didn't. You know, I still made mistakes and certainly acted immaturely in many ways when I was young. Oh my God! <laughs> but you know, I did feel inside like I was a bit of an old soul. Like I could see things, uh, I had more awareness about things, um, I noticed, but so in being the way that I was, uh, it was hard for me to connect with this, like, playfulness and this, like, in innocence and this, you know, these kids who are just being silly and, you know, uh, playful and, you know, I, I really had trouble, you know, connecting with that. It just wasn't my, my thing. Um, and, so with the process of, of parenting, I notice a few difference between like uh, noticeable differences, right? Because I feel like a majority of single mothers, right? They, they talk about this time spent with their kids that's so beautiful and enriching and lovely and it's everything and it's worth it and it's just fills up their whole life and it gives them all this purpose and it's, you know, literally the epitome of the contentment in, in their life. And I just, I cannot relate with that. Um, you know, let me explain. Like all throughout raising my son, um, you know, I, I, that never changed for me. The, the playful aspect of it. I wasn't the kind of mom who could really like get into it and like play. And I like, and especially with a boy, like they're very physical and they like to wrestle and stuff. And the, I, I hated that. I really didn't like wrestling. Um, made me uncomfortable. I didn't like it. Um, uh, you know, so I, and it was difficult for me to really like be a kid and be silly and, you know, and I, as much as I tried to like let my son be a kid, right? That was always something in the back of my mind. I was trying to do the best for him. I knew that that was important for him to be able to do that, right? But I can imagine from his perspective, right? He's an only child. We moved around a lot. I was, he was very dependent on me. And so if I'm not, if I'm not able to like be silly and be a kid with him, you know, I can imagine that that had an effect on him. Right. So that's, you know, that's one difference. Another difference is that, um, you know, the way that these mothers talk about, you know, the, the, the kids being the, the light of their lives. Like, don't get me wrong. I love my son to death. And I think I've proven that by, uh, you know, like succeeding in the way that I did, protecting us in the way that I did against all odds. You know, I'm, I'm I say that I've said this before, but I literally embody every stigma there is out there um, in being someone that is not likely to succeed or be intelligent or evolve or or any of that you know I'm sad to say but um, that that statistically I embody every stigma there is in, in not doing that and I've met people who have similar circumstances in me and I do notice a difference for sure in our in our evolution process um, so my point is that, you know, the, the, the proof is in the pudding. I'm a very action orientated person. And though I'm, you know, I'm not gushing and saying that this is, this is my calling. This is my purpose. This is it for me. I, 
I just love it so much. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I don't adore my child. You know, I, I absolutely, absolutely. Um, the proof is in the pudding. I've done everything for us. I've made many, many sacrifices. And so, you know, what I mean by this is that, and it's, you know, it's the same thing. The first thing that's popping in my head about this is like, you know, like when single mothers are dating on, on their, like say Tinder profile or whatever, right? Often you'll see, like I've seen single fathers do this too, right? Where the only thing that they'll put in their bio is like proud single mother to, you know, a three and four year old, they're the light of my life and they come first before anything. And like, literally that's it. That's it. And that's like, that's like exactly kind of what I'm saying essentially, right? It's like lots of mothers, single mothers, mothers, whatever. It's, it's like it becomes their identity. Like a mother is their identity, right? And I just, I've never felt that way. I, I feel like those things are completely separate. It's like a, it's like, it's like a part of my life. Yeah. It's uh you know, but then there's also all the rest of me, my personality, my my billions of hobbies that I'm doing, my bill, not billions, but I am huge on interests. I have so many interests and in terms of creativity and art and um, literature and, you know, uh, hands-on projects and things and, and building and all this, like, like you know, I'm, I'm quite literally, um, what's the term? jack of all trades master of none um and and how 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 like why why aren't those things important that's who i am that makes up who i am right my my personality the way that i think about things and and whatever right like these things are super important to me and i know that i couldn't live my life without them you know um and that brings me kind of to my my next thing is is that uh you know i purposely like make a point of executing those things right and you know my son has got to accommodate that as well there's a lot of mutual respect you know that uh that he learns through my being his mother you know and in terms of my my personal space and when I need down downtime or when I need to do something I have no problem you know telling him like pulling him aside and being like listen I will explain it to him like this is what I got to do here yada, yada, yada. I can't, you know, do this with you right now. Um, or you know what? I am smoking tired or you know what? Mom's really stressed out. I need some downtime for a bit so that I can be able to, you know, uh, spend some time with you later. Right? Like I have, this has always been such a normal, a normal thing in our relationship. Like it had to be, you know, I, my circumstances were, were so dire. It was just like a, it was a natural way of self-preservation and I'd never felt any guilt in doing that, you know, like, like needing respect and needing, you know, this person that I'm sharing my life with this, this child, you know, they need to learn that I'm not just gonna, you know, like come at their every whim, not, not going to give in to their, to their every need, their every whim. You know, and I'm, you know, I'm, of course, I'm talking about this with like common sense, right? I'm not talking about like an infant or a small toddler or whatever. That's a little bit different. You know, they've, they've had no idea what's going on and they're the center of their whole life and you have to take care of them, right? I'm not talking about that. But like, you know, when I could, when I could see the independence and maturity starting to bud within my son, 
right? Then I would respond appropriately, right? When I could sense that he didn't exactly need me to do this one thing that he was asking, then I could, you know, be like, you know what? I don't feel like doing that right now. No. And, you know, so my, my son is 13 going on 14 now. So he's very mature. He's a very mature child. I think I've, um, I think there's definitely something to that. I read something about, you know, how, how when kids, uh, kind of go through a bit of a, a stressful or tumultuous upbringing, right? It causes them to mature quicker. Um, and yeah, I, I can definitely see that. And as much as I tried to preserve his innocence and stuff, right? Like kids are very intuitive, especially my son. They're very connected with you. Um, no matter how much you try to protect, protect them, right? Whatever you're feeling or whatever, they're going to they're gonna catch vibes off that. And so, you know, I have no doubt that that may have contributed to my son being you know almost 14 he's six foot two he's got a deep voice (laughs) he's got a mustache and a beard (laughs) that's starting to grow (laughs) that he shaves i don't really know just how much it grows in but i see it when the stubble starts to come in but it's funny he's very very mature um but you know like i know what he's capable of right in sense of in the sense of responsibility and and respecting boundaries and, and respecting my time you know, so, but, you know, the point is, I've never felt, I've never felt bad for saying no, right? It it was just necessary and natural. And I'm my own person. Yes, like I'm your mother, I will always be there for you. And, and, you know, we're a team, you can always count on me more than, you know, anyone else on the planet, I'll be there for you. Right? But, but we also just have each other, right? We live together, we're both individuals, you like things, I like things. Sure, my son and I, you know, have trouble connecting on a lot of stuff. We're very different, but we're also very the same, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, I would say that our interests are different, but in terms of how we think about things and our how creative we are and how our brain puts things together, like he's definitely gotten that from me. So he's very uh, intellectual, especially for his age. And poor kid, you know, he's <laughs> he's so mature. And if you can imagine... He's his height. He's so mature. And then he goes to school and he's surrounded by all these other kids who are just like normal kids, normal 13 year olds. And they're just, you know, making mistakes and acting like little immature kids. And he, it's hard for him not to take it to heart or become offended. It's just nobody seems to be quite on his level. But, but aside from the point, um, you know, and, uh, you know, another thing is that, uh, like, I'm, I'm not a, an affectionate mother. I'm, I'm really, I'm not. I don't say that proudly. I wish I could be, um, but it makes me uncomfortable. I've never, like when he was a little baby, of course, like I was, you know, that was my favorite year with him. The first year of, of him being born, right? Um, it was my favorite year of my, my whole life. Um, you know, I can feel my, my heart swelling up in my throat <laughs> while I say this because it was truly just beautiful. Um, you know, so I was very affectionate at that time um because i he was just helpless this perfect little baby and you know but as he grew and he started becoming his own person like um like i would say five then onward then i you know i'm just i'm not a very cuddly person when it comes to um maybe maybe it is the fact that he's a boy i've always thought that this has something to do with my own father he wasn't uh 
he wasn't very affectionate at all, right? Like when we, when I was older, like no way, you know, he'd always tell us, oh, I love you and, you know, all this. But like, you know, and he left my family when I was, I think, 12. So I didn't get to experience, you know, a father's affection, uh, you know, as a, as a young adult or a teenager or whatever. And so just just boys, like the opposite sex. And, and like, even though he's my son, just being overly cuddly and all that stuff like it just it's not comfortable to me it doesn't come naturally to me um so that's always been sort of a a thing that I always think about and I have in the back of my head and I try to um I've always tried to combat that by um going out of my way sometimes to if I feel a moment where where you know I'm thinking oh geez I really love my son or I'm so proud of him or something right then I'll then I will try to attach the thought with with going over and just giving him a nice long hug right? Or something like that. And then every single night, um, we have this thing where I, we always hug each other right before bed. And then we tell each other, I love you, have a good sleep, see you in the morning. You know, so I've I've tried to be aware of that and combat that, but that's not something, it's not something that comes naturally to me, uh, being an affectionate mother. Um, and that's very different, I think, from a lot of mothers. But again, like I don't have a problem with, with that overall, you know, with myself, um, I think it's okay to be who I am and, and to think about things the way that I think think about things. You know, there's there's a reason why that I developed the way that I did and I can be aware of my faults as much as possible and try to work on them. But, you know, everybody's different. There's no, there's no right way. There's no like, this is how you parent for everybody. It's, it's really unique. People have really different lives and different circumstances and um, you know, and I can say f- full, full throttle that I think mine are extremely unique and however I need or want to manage it is up to me, you know? Um, so other differences I find between me and other mothers is it's the, uh, the literal attitude of the whole process sometimes, right? It's almost like they're afraid to say how shitty it is sometimes or, you know, how, how they failed miserably or, you know, lost it, completely lost control and, and uh, you know, did some things, maybe had a, a yelling fit or something, you know, like, it, it's like, I listen to, to, to mothers explain, you know, their stories and they go, you know, oh, pardon me, oh, I shouldn't say that, um, you know, my, like, my son's, you know, being a little shit, oh, pardon me, I shouldn't say that, that's, you know, just, and I'm just like, <laughs> like, like, is it like, stop, you know, to me, I don't like tiptoe around things, you know, I'm, it's it's just like, what's wrong with saying how you really feel, like saying how the situation really went, like how you failed, you know, like, 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 why is it so taboo to have like a bad day or a bad week or a bad month or to make mistakes? And, you know, it's like, just there's so much judgment around mothering and parenting. And are you kidding me? Like, I can guarantee you that behind closed doors, there's a whole lot more going on that people don't get honest about. And it's for that reason. It's like, okay, what consequences are going to come into my life as a result of this? You know, and I just, I don't know. That's a shame because I think with mothers, like letting, blowing off steam and being honest and like, and having that be okay, right, is, uh, is a big deal. You know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say like, oh, it's, it's okay to be a shitty mom, <laughs> you know, but I'm just saying that despite your best efforts, 
Like there's just some things that happen that, you know, you screw up. Like, like you know, I, I could name so many examples, right? Like kids are crazy. They do a lot of like unpredictable things and you just like have to <laughs> know how to deal with it in the moment when you've never dealt with it in your whole life. Like we don't always get that right. You know, it's like a new process for each one of us, right? It's like, it's like my son, every time I think that I have a, a hold on everything, right? Then he goes through another growth spurt, becomes more clever, you know, needs, re- requires more guidance, more things, you know, is able to work around whatever rules I've set in place. It's constantly changing and evolving, but it's always new for the both of us, right? So you're always trying to figure it out. Nobody's got it together, right? Um, so I just, I, yeah, I just can't relate with this. Uh, oh, it's so great. And oh, I shouldn't say that, you know, we had a very tough time and na 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 na, right? Like, you know, again, I don't have a problem saying I made a lot of shitty decisions in my life and I feel like at the time I still did the best that I could. And I think that every mom has done something that they're not proud of or, you know, dealt with the situation in the wrong way. And, you know, I'm a big advocate for that's all right. Just <laughs> pick up your bootstraps and try again. Try to figure out why you did that thing the wrong way. Try to correct it right again i don't want to be this to be taken the wrong way i feel like like i'm coming at this from you know like a person like myself who i consider like i have a lot of self-awareness and a a like a a devout desire to evolve and grow and to um not become complacent with my mistakes and my growth and, and things so i'm assuming that you know all the, you women out there are of the same nature and so I'm definitely not making excuses or saying that it's okay like I don't want to condone things but I'm saying that it's inevitable it's kind of inevitable that things are going to happen that you're not proud of and you know you're, you're going to deal with things in, in a really shitty way sometimes and just own it you know it's not always great you know parenting single motherhood it's, it's not always great. It's not always fun. You know, it's funny. I was listening to some, some women, some ladies talk about how, you know, they're asked the specific question with what do you do when you're sick? And I thought that that one was so funny because <laughs> like, I don't know how many times in my life I have said everything goes to shit when I'm sick because it's so true. Um, you know, in, in my case, so, you know, I have my son full time. I have him full time. I do not share that responsibility with anyone, even currently, you know, most of my life. I, I, I've just never shared the responsibility of, of my child with anyone. I, I have not even let anyone babysit him. I think maybe like, like a handful of times over the span of his life right? Um, I just don't trust anyone, right? With my, with my precious, (laughs) you know, when I, when I've moved so much to me, it's like, if I've known you for years kind of deal, then I'll trust you. But I was never naive to that sort of thing. I was always very protective over my son. And so when I get sick and even now, right? Like, and I, and I had a, you know, I got my first Husky when he was, 
uh, six, I want to say. Um, so yeah, from a pretty early age for him, you know, we had a dog. Um, and huskies are a handful. Oh my gosh. They are a handful. I know this is a, you know, single mother podcast, but how I would love to talk about huskies. I became so passionate about the breed. I now have three. I have three generations of huskies. So it's a grandma and then her daughter and then her daughter had a son. So, <laughs> so you know, this means that like when I am sick, um, it's not only my son who's on my plate, but a dog and then two dogs and then three dogs. And so now if I'm, they, thank God my son is older and he can kind of, you know, help me out when I'm sick, but even still, right? Like, like, I think my son likes to be taken care of by his mom. I think it's a form of, of love to him, you know, which, which I've taught him because I haven't been very, I, I, you know, I'm not the most affectionate person. So I, I, through action, right, is where my, my love is. And so I think that he likes it when I do things for him because he understands that as love. Um, but yeah, when I'm sick, it's a little tough, right? Like three huskies, even two husk, frick one husky is <laughs> really difficult to manage when I'm sick. And, uh, you know, I can, yeah, I can recall a specific time and thank God, like, you know, I talked about another podcast, how when I moved to Euclid, it was like the toughest, the toughest transition of my whole life. Like, that was like moving from the city of Surrey into Euclid, a little tiny surfing town beside Tofino on Vancouver Island. And, um, oh man, what is it ever a culture shock? And I was going through so many things in my life. Um, you know, I just broken up with the love of my life. I went to a new area. I was still pretty city, so I didn't really have any skills for like living in the bush. <laughs> and I was in this cabin in the middle of the bush on like, like 15 minutes outside of town across the inlet from Euclid. And so, um, everything went wrong when I got there and I starved and I couldn't drive anywhere because my insurance ran out and I ran out of money and I had to switch banks. I'm like, oh man, I was like, I thank God. Um, my landlord actually lived a couple houses up and she kind of knew that I was struggling a bit. And so she helped me with, uh, you know, lunches for my son, which was amazing. Like it was, yeah, like, oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, so my son was getting what he needed, which was all that mattered to me. But as a result, I starved. I, I was literally starving. I lost so much weight. I was still vegan at the time too. I think I was, yeah, that changed my whole perspective on food. <laughs> but I was, uh, yeah, living off of like oatmeal and potatoes. And I, I got extremely sick, like extremely sick. I couldn't stand up without getting lightheaded. And I remember crawling across the floor to go and check on my son and to make sure he had what he needed and just like literally using the wall to like, you know, try to lean against it or crawl or whatever, right? Like it was just, oh my gosh, it was a miserable time. And, um, you know, my saving grace, my saving grace was, you know, my ex-boyfriend actually coming over from the mainland and, and like he helped clean up the house and take care of me. And like, I, he, he, I remember so vividly like sitting up in bed and he had made some, some soup for me. And like, he would bring this spoon to my lips because I couldn't like lift my arms and like, like I was so weak and just <laughs> defeated. And my God, if he didn't show up, like, I don't know how I would have made it. I'm sure I would have somehow found a way because I always do. But yeah, man, it was really nice to have 
that help, right? But just to kind of show you how everything can so quickly go to shit when you're a single mother, like full time, and you've got nobody, right? Like, and there's been a few times in my life, right? And if you're going through like, like mental things, like I've struggled with uh, depression and insomnia and like uh, just deep, deep, deep pain and grief. And those things cause you to like, you don't want your little ones to be aware of what you're dealing with, right? It's like, you have to be strong for them. You don't want them to be concerned for you, right? I never wanted my son to be concerned or to, to, to be alarmed or to feel like he wasn't safe, right? Or, or that, you know, I wasn't able to protect him. Like, I didn't want him to feel vulnerable ever. Like, I wanted him to always feel secure and like I had a control over everything and like everything was okay. And so it would cause me to kind of put this emotional distance between us because I didn't want him to see me cry and you know and so you know, it was it was tough because he he often I'm sure he was you know wanted more from me or wonder what was going on and stuff and you know I was just emotionally distanced trying trying to put on a smiling face and deal with things because he couldn't understand right like you know there's a certain point in time where you can kind of get honest with your kids about what you're going through, right? Like you can get, you know, slivers and tidbits and whatever, and it actually teaches them to, to have empathy and compassion and, you know, um, and that, that it's okay to be like going through stuff. So, you know, but it's like up to you to decide when that is right. Like, you know, my son's pretty, pretty mature now. So I can, I can like talk to him about it, like be honest with him about some things when I'm, when I'm going through stuff. So, so another difference I wanted to kind of bring up that kind of like it actually bothers me because I've talked before about how, you know, I, I can kind of do a bit of everything and I try to show my son like how to like do man things, right? And involve him in what I'm doing and like teach him these things, right? But it's not lost on me that like I don't want him to get used to this idea that 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 women should kind of be this way, right? Like doing all the, these these heavy things or sometimes dangerous things that you know I seem to hurt myself quite frequently by trying <laughs> trying to do it all right and but I don't want him to get used to to this idea that women should be this way right and that there is no place for a man you know to contribute kind of these skills that he might be better at just because of his the way that his mind works in in correlation like in in difference to women's and and the way that his body is formed in in a difference to women's right um you know there there's a there's a, a stark difference between um, a man and a woman and there's more strengths and in, in uh you know some some manly things and some women things and that's for a reason it's not like it's not like uh like gender roles and oppressive bullshit right it's just very real things that women are better at and men are better at right and so i'm always very conscious of that and there's kind of like this new um this new notion that's like forming in society nowadays that I hear with single moms is that, oh, it's so liberating, you know, like, oh, we can do it all. We don't need a man. And, you know, it's great that my, that my children, pardon me, see me do it all. And, um, you know, and like, like, sure, like I, I do it all because I've had to acclimate myself into doing that right? I'm not just going to stay stagnant and, and have play the victim mentality. Woe is me. Like I have to learn how to do these things. Right. And so, but I've always got in the back of my mind, like there, there's, there's, there's a space, there's room for men to be men 
you know, and, and when a man and a woman comes together, right, each person can kind of fulfill their strengths and they can kind of help each other, right? And, um, you know, I'm aware that, like, you know, men, they want to feel like they're needed and that they can be men and execute those strengths and stuff in relationships. And, and you know, I want my son to feel that he's got something to contribute in that way. And um, so I don't, I don't really quite agree with this, uh, this, um, this attitude of like being liberated, right? Like, there's still value in having like a dad and a mom. Those are two very important roles in a child's life. And whether you like it or not, if you're going without one or the other, right, you're not giving the child the, the best opportunity, the, 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 like the most that you could be in life, you know? I mean, sure, like you could be the best mom in the world and, and, and all of his immediate needs are taken care of or hers and you could be the, des the best dad in the world and, and, you know, doing such a great job, you know, with your daughter or son or whatever, but, but it's still not as fulfilling for the child, like the best chance that you could give the child if it's not a mother and a father, you know, like, the, like I'm a big believer in that, like, uh, <laughs> so funny to me that, that this is like an old school notion, because to me, it just sounds like common sense, you know, but maybe with the way that things are, the, the way that the world is going with identity politics and, and all of this, ugh, it's like exhausting and annoying to talk about to me because it's just, it's like not worth, it's just not worth the energy that we're putting into it. Like there's just so much more important things going on in life and for us to put so much focus on our sexuality, like, come on, it's just like, why, like, why is it so important all of a sudden to like scream at the top of your lungs that you're, you know, a lesbian or bisexual or you're in, you're a guy that's into men, you know, you're, you're queer and like you're liberated and like you're non-binary and you're it's like, great. Like, I don't ever remember a time where it was so popular to like come out and put so much emphasis on your sexuality, right? Like that to me seems kind of like that's personal information and it's your business, you know, like I wouldn't use that as like a talking point. Right. I'm glad that you feel so strongly about it, but it's it's like, I don't know, there, there's so much more to people that I would want to know than your sexuality. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't I don't give a shit that you, you know, you like <laughs> all these like kinky things or like you're into this or into that. Like th that's private, like keep it to yourself. You know, like I keep my shit to myself. For the most part, I know I've mentioned a couple things, you know, in this podcast, just because I think that it was a necessary talking point or something at the time. But, but, you know, again, am I old school in thinking that I don't really need to know if you're queer when I meet you? Like, I just don't feel like that's a very relevant thing or, or you know, it's worth the emphasis that it's undertaking today. Like, holy shit, just so much. I'm so sick of reading about it, right? Like, good for you. Like, can we, like... Let's move on and talk about more important things. Um, so where I was initially going with that is that, you know, that's I know that's like a huge thing that we're dealing with in the world today. Right. And it, it like, you know, manifests in, in weird ways. And one of the ways is that it's like almost becoming like stigmatized to have this belief that, you know, a kid should have a man and a woman as parents. Right. And that there's benefit to that, which is bizarre to me. Um, yeah, so I don't really, I don't really agree with this whole 
you know, I'm so liberated. I'm a single mother. Like even I know that that my son is missing out on a big part of development in not having a male role model. Right. And, uh, you know, as, as like like I mentioned in, in another podcast that I have is that I, mean, I very naturally took this um, like evolved in a certain way where I, I became more disciplinary than I did nurturer. And I kind of did that naturally. And it's almost like my body was like like chemically or biologically responding to what I thought my son needed in his life with our circumstances. Right. Like something in my head was like you need to be somebody who can protect him more than um, somebody who needs protecting, right? So I feel, I feel like that's really important in a single mother's life. It's just like, you don't want to make the, the kid feel like they're vulnerable, right? Like that something is like going to, um, you know, come in and intervene in their lives and, and like disrupt everything, right? Like you want to give this the kid a feeling of safety and um, like they don't have to worry and and even more so, I, th- I feel like, you know, me having a boy, like boys have like, like they, they, they would have more of a desire to kind of be a protector, right? Like if they saw that their mom was, you know, being like abused or something, right? We, we all have heard stories or seen movies or whatever the hell of the boy stepping up and like, you know, getting involved and, you know, like punching the, 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 the bad boyfriend of the mom or something or, you know, getting violent because it's like that, that protector in them. Right. And so I never, ever, ever wanted to my son to feel like he ever was unsafe or he had to like, you know, not be a kid and like step up and get involved somehow or like he had to be the one to to deal with anything like that to me just was not not going to be good for him. And so pardon me, I just felt like I I had to, you know, I had to become more fatherly and it was a really natural and weird uh adaptation that happened to me but despite that despite that I still know right like as as disciplinarian as I am I'm still not a father I'm still not a guy right so so to me there's just there's just value and I've never I've never like been I've never toted that proud liberating flag that says I can do everything. I don't need a man. I'm in control of everything. It feels so gr- good. You know, this is the optimal way of living. You know, like I think I was reading something else too, right? Where like mother mothers are <laughs> having this desire to to like literally like they're full grown adults. They want to have kids, and this notion of just wanting to be a single mother, you know, just right from the get go, is becoming. I would dare say like on the verge of becoming popular you know so that scares the living hell out of me right it's like you know like (laughs) i'm still like as many issues as i've had with men in my experiences and stuff right like sure um but i still know that that those that doesn't account for every man out there and men are very you know they have a lot to contribute they're they're special just in the same way that women are right like we're both equally so valuable especially to a kid's life and so so yeah I just can't I can't get on board with that line of thinking and I'll just close with uh you know just a random thought that I had today you know (laughs) dealing with my three huskies it's like you know there's always this bustle of paws everywhere that I go it's pitter-pattering and these they're talking to me you know they're very vocal right I've got to Keep in mind their their exercise daily, right? They need a lot of exercise. 
you know, there's so many things that they need. And so my attention is divided between three large dogs and my son full time and then myself, right? And the house and whatever, right? So my attention is pulled in all these different directions. And, you know, like, I think a lot of people would think that I'm crazy for for having this life that I do. Um, and I was thinking about that. And it's like, I need that stimulation. I need those anchors because that's what they are, right? Like, you know, oh, my dog is hungry. Okay, I'm doing this now, right? Oh, I'm doing this now. I'm doing this now. Um, you know, like... I need those anchors, that that stimulation to like focus on those different things, right? I'm not really sure what I would do with myself if I didn't have all of that. Because I mean, I already like, trust me, like I've got this and then I've also got like a, you know, um, lots, lots of hobbies and interests and things. And I'm able to like make it all work together somehow. Um, and like... You know, so I, and and I still, like, I'll, I have my creative processes, right, all my interests and stuff, and I find enough time for those where I get burnt out on them, right, on, like, on a, on a daily basis, and so, you know, I'm just thinking, like, what, like, what, what would I do if I had all this, if I didn't have those things to think about to fill up my mind and stuff, right, like, and, you know, my mind is, like, it's, <laughs> where am I going with this? It's, like, it's so busy, it's just, it's so busy and like, you know, I can just like think myself into, you know, just like, you know, I like I really enjoy just sitting there and thinking about things, right? Because I have so many different perspectives and thoughts and experiences and, and, and whatever. And like, I genuinely enjoy, pardon me, like connecting all the dots and like, you know, like just like a whole puzzle piece thing happening in my head all the time. And if I didn't have these anchors that pulled me out of that into my immediate world, like, whoa, okay, I'm sitting here on the couch. My dog is, you know, talking to me, telling me he wants to go for uh, for a run, right? If I didn't have somebody like these, these, these things that stimulate me in my immediate world to like pull me out of my brain to like, okay, I'm here now, right? I just don't like, I think that I would be in my brain all day. Like, I just, I think I would be so overwhelmed with my brain, with my own brain, right? And I was thinking today about how funny that was. Like, I don't even know how to exist without waking up and thinking about another being's needs above my own, right? And I think that's because, right, like, I, I got pregnant when I was 17, which is crazy. <laughs> like, I always think about that and I'm, you know, like, I, I'm 31 and I'm, I look at 17 year olds and I'm like, they are just babies. They're just little kids. They have no, no concept of being an adult whatsoever, right? Like they just, and so it's crazy to me that, that I went through that whole process, right? Um, and, uh, and I, and I, and I just think that that was such a pivotal time. I think that's when people really mature is when, you know, like 17 to 22, I think that's a really pivotal time for people to transition into adulthood, right? And I had a lot of stuff that happened to me in my teens that I didn't really get to unpack, right? Um, and it, and I, I grew, I evolved, like I grew into adulthood, you know, uh, like accommodating another being's needs above my own every day, 
of waking up full time for the last 13 years, plus three dogs. <laughs> so I think it's a very like, it's just so comfortable for me to be constantly stimulated in this way. And like, you know, thinking about everyone else's needs. And it's like, it's just almost my comfort zone. Like, I think that I would be uncomfortable. Like even when my son goes for the the summer, you know, sometimes with my mom, I've always got, I've always had a dog with me. Like, <laughs> you know, like I have my three dogs now, like I'm always thinking of another being's needs. And when you think about how kind of crazy that is, right? Like I try to put myself in my, my friend's shoes who, who are my age and who have never had kids, never had a pet, never had any obligations or tethers. Um, they could just literally go and do whatever they want. And they literally just think about themselves all day, every day. And it's like, I can't, I like quite literally can't even imagine that, you know, and it's just such a, such a funny thing. And oh, I just remembered uh, something that I said that I was going to get to that I didn't get to like 20 minutes ago. Um, when I mentioned that, you know, my landlord and Euclulet used to help me with lunches for my son, you know, um, as you know, I, would, I just wanted to say like, you know, in in the day to day grind, right? Like, I know I've had a really tough plate and I know that it's been me you know, like going through the day-to-day -day grind and doing that. But I'm going to be honest and say that there was so many people that helped me in some way in my whole journey, you know, for the, the past 13 years and like coming out of poverty and like so many people, like even though I didn't, you know, heavily depend on people, there was still people that showed up in my life at this right time when I really needed help with this or whatever and you know although some a lot of those had consequences right like that's also half the thing is like when you have nobody to sort of lean on then you have to make compromises and like lean on somebody you don't necessarily want to because it could you know have consequences right <laughs> i refer to this often right like a lot of the people that wanted to help me like honestly were always guys because there was some kind of an interest there Right. And so and I'm just like, yeah, I, don't, I know the consequences of this. I don't want to invite this person to my life. I don't want to like lean on them or whatever. But sometimes I like literally had no options like I did not. Right. And so I had to compromise and, and try to deal with the situation the best that I could. But, you know, through all of that and with the help, like these little bits of help that I'd get here and there, wherever. Right. Like, oh, my gosh, it made such a difference. It made such a difference. <laughs> so, you know, like as much as I like to say, like preach on being kind of self-reliant, right? Like I think that you should always try to aspire to do everything that you possibly can. But, you know, it is kind of impossible to not ask for help, to not receive help in some way here and there and, you know, whatever, just as, as, as much as you're trying to do it on your own, right? But but yeah, I just think that the, the important thing is to, to try to be self-reliant because, you know, like leaning on other people can sometimes not be the greatest thing um, unless they're longtime friends and people that you can really trust that have your, your best interests at heart. There are some people that, you know, I met by, by purely fate, you know, I believe. Like, it's just so wild. Some of the people that I came across, you know, I remember... Uh, like these this this couple right some crazy circumstances had landed me you know staying in the place next door and i had to go over to their house the next morning to explain why a police vehicle 
drive down to their drove onto their property after midnight, <laughs> right? And then I, I met these people, and they ended up being sort of my adopted parents. They were they were the most incredible people I've ever met in my whole life. The um, the the husband, the man, he he's still the wisest the wisest man I've ever met in my whole life. And then I ended up uh, working for them in their gardens and on their property, and it was some of the best healing and the best wisdom I could have received at that time of my life at the exact at the exact right time you know talking with this with this uh, gentleman every day and him instilling his his knowledge and then um, him having all these tasks for me to do putting me to work you know I have very fond memories looking back on you know being for it being in the morning and like still cool and the frost is on the soil in the garden and I'm knelt down and my jeans are wet you know, uh, and, I, and I'm just like pulling chickweed out from in between the vegetable plants and how satisfying and meditative that was and how healing it was and how much it silenced my mind and and uh, just receiving the overall love and care, the most like safety that I've ever felt in my life um, aside from one person that I was once in love with, right? And uh, And yeah, you know, and I've had several instances like that in my life where I've just like come into these people and I'd, you'd swear there's just somebody, somebody watching over me, right? Because things have, could have gone so much worse for me despite, in spite of all the things, you know, that, I, that, I've, been, that I've been through that I consider to be pretty, um, pretty tumultuous, right? It could have been a lot worse. It honestly could have. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was definitely fate, me running into some of the people that I did and having them help me on my on my healing journey. So, all right. Well, with that, I'll wrap it up. Um, you know, just some of the differences between <laughs> some other mothers and me and, and, you know, speaking for the minority, right? Like if, if you're a single mom who has their child full time, maybe if you're a teen mom, you know, maybe if you've never been divorced and, you know, just, just, just all those things. Like I'm here, you know, I've gone through, I've gone through all that. You're not the only one out there. So <laughs> anyways, all right. Thanks for listening today and, um, and we'll see you next time.